Podcast. <laughs> we are Weekly Comic Book Reading Club, and we have a special 200th episode. It is 200, and for this episode, we are doing something weird, which is, it's honestly just weird. We've never done something weird before, too, so I've got a real tickle in my spine. <laughs> We're um, pretty straight lace. I yeah. am J-A-Z-Z-E-D for this episode. <laughs> it's definitely just an experiment. We're going to go raw. Uh <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> full full on. Uh, and Budget King's been saying this every episode for the past 199. I just want to go raw for yeah, one. Just raw. We're going to go raw. And we don't know what that means. So you <laughs> explain to us and we'll finally <laughs> indulge you. We thought it meant something lewd it doesn't yeah we're just gonna keep the raw audio <laughs> this is gonna be unedited we've talked about this before yeah on first issue club we meticulously edit our episodes uh we cut out things we make it a, a very clean fun listening experience we hope and the labor you, of love yeah you say wait you edit this and still have as many blunders as you exactly have? yeah we week do week? it's true we do <laughs> calculated blunders <laughs> for art purposes yes. yes for 200 and 200 only we're gonna leave all the stuff in mm-hmm. the gonna, ums the is the point where i explain uh, something about a variant that makes no sense it's all gonna be in there oh you you're you're, you're knowing all the, the surprises you're knowing the future Oh, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> Which, in this scenario, you're giving away that we are editing by putting this clip in the beginning. Oh, you're right. They, so oh, there will be an edit. There will be an edit. Thanks a lot. But then the episode itself. This is the episode. We started it. Right. <laughs> Less of an edit, more of an addition. An addendum. Yes. A beginning addendum. There we go. Yes. This a, is a prologue. This is the prologue. Uh, this is the prologue. Yes. So you'll are you going to hear a whole second intro to the show? <laughs> I thought you were just going to replace it. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what the game plan is here. Can you put, put in some like dreamy music and then the episode starts now like normal? Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Like a Wayne's World situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do some honk chews so he knows that we're going into the dream sequence. Okay, now it's starting. Are we ready? Ready? Welcome back to First Issue Club. Whether you're a first-timer on our podcast or a long-timer, we welcome you to this great extravaganza. It's the 200th episode. Two zeros and a number two. No one got us a cake. Yep. No one's feeding me grapes. <laughs> Didn't get any free comics. We don't get a vacation. What's it all for? Just the fans, just the listeners. It's for you, the listener. <laughs> it's crazy we made it 200. I love that. It is wild. It's a. It's been a ride. We're still the same thing we were when we started. Yep, we essentially, been, yeah, we've been. A, a weekly comic book podcast for the uninitiated and the goopy droopy old timers, <laughs> talking about first issues each and every week. 
Oh, yeah. And there it will remain. Mm-hmm. For 200 more. For, for one more contract year at least. <laughs> <laughs> 200 times 200. <laughs> we should figure out our predecessors now. Oh, who's going to secede us? Like, like the w- say by the Bell, the new class? Yeah, like when we die, like the Pope. Yeah, who do we hand this podcast? Do we will this podcast to anybody? Yeah, I, uh, we should have yeah, uh, we'll like figure a contest. It out. We're going to talk about a few books today. Teen Titans Academy, Harley Quinn, and Aliens. All first issues as promised. But first, one of my favorite books has a new secret issue out on NFT alone. It's mind management. Matt Kent wrote one. What are we thinking? Are we making a bid for this thing? Are we going to try to buy it? I, well, I want to. Yeah. Because right now it's sitting at pretty reasonable prices to Oh, definitely. So I love that we went hard on NFTs and then our favorite writer and one of our favorite books is actually an NFT. It's like he listened to this and said... I got to cash in on this. Here's a yep. carrot for you guys. Uh, I went If you to... don't know what NFTs are, go back and listen to another episode. You're a dinosaur by now. <laughs> uh, two episodes ago. Yeah, I think the title is, is NF- NFTs in the title. Yeah. So uh, we describe it moderately good. You, you'll walk <laughs> away 40% understanding what NFTs are. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a long time trying to sp- explain them to my dad this weekend. Since this happened, one of my best friends sold his m- movie. Yeah. As an NFT. It's the first movie ever to be sold as an NFT. I love that he did that move. Okay, so with this mind management NFT, though, I went and looked at it. I thought it was just a cover. No. No. It's it's the actual issue. He wrote an entire issue. It's like a a mini comic, though. It's not a full comic. Is it? Well, knowing Matt Kent, who knows? I mean, it's just like a long... The description says full comic. But that could be anything. Okay. To, to Matt Kent and his twisted mind of when I, when I was creativity. Like, what are you putting on Matt Kent? Uh, I think he knows what a full comic is. He's written tons of them. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's crazy. He's also the author of Berserker, which we're mm-hmm. going to talk about as well. And ENIAC, he's everywhere. Everywhere that is news, Matt Kent is yeah. at this point. Um, yeah, we should definitely try to buy it. Should we just pull together and just buy it? Yeah, he says yes. the owner of it can do whatever they want with it. And definitely they should just release it. You should release it. I would hope that whoever ends up buying it, if not us, the barrier shares for, it. The barrier for us is figuring out how to actually purchase Bitcoin or bi- purchase a cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah, you need to have an Ethereum wallet to bid on NFTs. Yes. I own Ethereum, but I own it through the wrong app. Yeah. What? I, I can't remember what it was called, but there's like Mole Wallet or something. Yeah, was... Co- Coinbase would work, but I can't I can't sync my coin. It doesn't matter. This is getting into the weeds. Yeah, this is not. We should figure it out, though. It, I think this is this is something that we should actually right. invest our time in doing. We should purchase it and then put it up on our website for yeah, free. definitely. Is yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. I would love to be able to put up a bid and then not actually have to buy Ethereum coin <laughs> until we know whether we won or not. Right. Oh, yeah. that's a that's a good point. Because I don't want to just have like a third of a, an Ethereum wallet with, oh, shared with you guys. I do. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Yeah, I'll buy your shares. All right, it's in it. Well, let's let's spend some time figuring it out after this. Okay, we'll get back to everybody on uh, episode three hundred <laughs> on how it turned out <laughs> when we figure out what Ethereum is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, do we want to get into the Berserker news now, too, as well? I mean, other Matt Kent news. Let's yeah, do it. Might as sure. well link it. So before we get... Did you know... Okay, so Berserker uh, Foil came out today. 
the number one for the book, but then they did all the number one, or not a handful of the number one covers were a foil cover. Yes. Okay. And if you bought the foil cover, you get a card insert that you can bring back with your purchase of Berserker foil for a special edition, uh, something is killing the children book. Is it also a foil? I don't know. It's a number one. I bet it's a foil, but they already sold a foil of that book, so I don't Yeah, no. the local comic shop day was a foil cover. Right. I yeah. own it. Yeah, so the I, it's something limited edition, and it's smart by Boom, and it's a way to sell comics. Oh, and for I, sure. And it got me to buy another issue of Berserker. Okay. So. You picked it up today? I did pick it up today. All right. Yeah. Was it more expensive than the other ones? Uh, was the foil more expensive? It's probably like 25 bucks, right? No, 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 no. The, the foils were like a dollar more or whatever. Oh, what? What are we doing, Greg? <laughs> Such a good deal. A couple, couple dollars more. I need a foil cover. It's the same same cover. Not any more valuable <laughs> than the first print. It's literally, a fo- I don't even know why they call it a foil because it's more so like glossy, uh, shiny. Kind of, sh- yeah. I wouldn't necessarily call it foil. Man, some of my old Marvel comics. Those That's those foil. motherfuckers are foil. The inside is uh, like it's a like, mirror. Yes. It's like Avengers six hundred or something like yep. that. Oh yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah. It's like a straight up foil. <laughs> yes. One of the like um amazing Spider Man maximum clonage issues with like Spider Man and the Jackal fighting on it. You mm-hmm. could just like see across a con floor. Oh yeah. Oh. Just like <laughs> in the light. Eight hundred miles away, you could just like see it glistening and be like, Oh yes, yeah, that Spider Man cover. <laughs> Do you have those issues? I have a Fantastic Four, like four hundred, I think. The entire cover is white and it's embossed. Oh yeah, yeah. That, so it's like it has like a texture to it and it's all white and it's just Johnny Storm flying around. And these guys are worth nothing. They seemed so cool in the nineties. They're cool to me. I think I bought it for like a buck, so yeah. it was worth my time and money. Yeah, definitely. But they don't really like you would think. <laughs> it, I I bought them in the '90s thinking like, oh, money, big 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 money. That yeah, was your yeah. Ethereum back in the '90s. Yeah, yeah. This is my Ethereum, kids' college, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. My point is, they should start doing that shit now. Absolutely, yeah. it's a fun gimmick. They need mm-hmm. to go crazy like this. Like, Man, wh- do you guys have any other fun gimmick covers that you own that are like? I have cool die cut ones. Yeah, I was gonna say the die cut ones are really fun. I have a glow in dark Ghost Rider. Yep, I have the one that like pulls out. It's like an extended cover, like it, uh-huh. it uh, like unfolds like a big poster. For what? Is, um, that one was for it X-Men? was a Marvel book. It might have been X Men. X Men number one has a gatefold. Yeah, it was. Um, I can't remember which. It was a Marvel book. I know for sure. I have a really cool Green Lantern headstone cover. Ooh, that's like textured like a gravestone, and then it's like sh- shimmery where his logo is. I have an evil Ernie that it, uh, you unfold it, oh, and it's yeah. him in a coffin. Ooh, I yeah. bought you that. Yeah, you yes, did. you did. Oh, my God. <laughs> and me that. Yeah. It's the first uh, appearance of Chastity. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It was yeah. so <laughs> sick. That was a surprise gift when we were recovering uh, Chastity number one, probably yeah. 100 episodes ago. <laughs> Go back and check it out. What else? Um, I know I've got that Wolverine hologram cover where you can, like, tilt it. Oh yeah, and you see like him and then his skeleton. Mm-hmm. Oh it yeah, was the, I think the one of the times he got his like adamantium back or mm-hmm. something, and so it was supposed to be a big deal. That was amazing hologram technology at the time. Back then, oh god, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. This now was they have those, like, Shrek. <laughs> this was before lenticular covers. Lenticular, that's yeah. the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there yeah. was a an old publisher publisher company called Malibu, and they had a book called The Badger, which is about a superhero named the Badger. And Badger number one is cut out to his face. 
Nice. Like the whole book is just like his head, but the pages and the cover and everything are cut to his like silhouette of his head. Bizarre. Yeah. They die cut the actual book. The whole book is his head. That's how so do you good. even like put it on stands? Very carefully. You just like tilt it over. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Magic the Gathering book that still has the shrink wrap with the card in it. Oh, cool. Do yeah. you know what cards in there? It's a fireball. It's like so nothing, nothing. worthless. Yeah, I opened the one that had a bearing signature, which I don't we don't need to get into this. Are you gonna get the new magic book coming out? <laughs> um I thought about it um because it does have that kind of stuff with it, like some exclusive things, mm-hmm. but uh I don't re- I don't care about the lore, so no. I'm not going to read it. I made a definitive thing where I'm like, no. All right. You can read my copy. I got one because I thought it was kind of cool to see. Did it you come do back. the uh, crazy virgin cover from uh, TFAW? Uh, no, uh uh-uh. No. I think it's got a standard B cover. Nothing cool. too wild. Does yeah. T-Fall have uh, exclusive covers? They do. Sometimes. They do. Sometimes they're okay and sometimes they're just really badass. Mm-hmm. But they range from anywhere from like 10 bucks to 20 Midtown hasn't done any. Exclusive covers that I'm aware of in a long time. I wonder what that is. There's a lot of retailers that are like kind of letting that boat sail. Uh And then they're like unknown. I love unknown. They like, they every week they've got like two or three, it seems like. And they're typically pretty rad. They have, yeah, they have some of the best ones. Yeah. Um, I had to delete the app off my phone because (laughs) I would get updates. I'm like, well, I have to own this. I've never bought one, but I, I have the app just to, like, check them out every week. I have a few. Just the ones I really, really... Because they have buy two, get one free. Yeah. I don't know why this is suddenly an ad for unknown comics, but, <laughs> like... So I'll do that. I'll, I'll this get is what and, comic people want to know. Yeah, yeah. Unknown comics. Get the app. You get two for... You get three for two. I wish there was a better hub for keeping track of retailer exclusive variants. Like, yeah. if I could go to a blog that was just, like... Here are the cool covers that are going to be on sale, like, whatever week. Mm-hmm. I need that. Otherwise, uh, it's so hard to find them. So, Comics Heating Up does do variants of the week. Do they? Yeah, but what he's talking about is, like... Retail exclusive. Almost genius. Because the retailers would actually probably yeah. seek those people out. Sure. Who own the blog. It's just like, hey, we want our shit bought. Yeah. Just so you this, know, Yeah, this we is made free this. advertising yeah. for us. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that... Yeah. Should exist, and if, we should make it. If you're listening, oh, we're going to make it? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you know of a thing like that that exists, send it to me. Yeah. Because it's something I want. Is that? Did you bring that up because you found out how many retailer variants there are for the last issue of Ice Cream Man? No. Issue 24, which I guess is the last issue. Uh-huh. There's like 20. Oh, my God. Exclusive retail variants. Did not you? just it, through Oh, I, I looked this up. Did, did, did you guys know... So we thought the most variant comic ever was Star Wars, right? Because there was tons of retail variants. Because that article that we read, yeah. But it was like number four. Well, probably at the time it was number one. Oh, okay. It's in You're the... saying the article lied to us? Yes. If you look it up now, I reread this. Okay. So what's the number one? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Why the... Pre- uh, there's so much preamble for, for nothing. I know, right? Did you know that in the past, Greg, <laughs> something used to be number one and now it isn't anymore? <laughs> and I can't tell you what the top number threes are. <laughs> Someone's going to let that hang in the air cool. like a dagger. Killer content. Uh, anyway, we got on this because Berserker right. finally confirmed to be a movie and an anime. This is weird to me. <laughs> and an anime. And an anime. Wait, Why? so it's going to be both. It's going to be both. And guess who is starring in both adaptations? <laughs> 
None other than Keanu Reeves, one of the co-writers of the book. Okay, wait, hang on. Are we being Mandela affected here? Because, like, did I... I thought this was already a thing. Like, everybody knew it was going to be a movie already. I think it was pretty much assumed. Okay, but then now it's, like, the official of it. Yeah, it's, it's official. Like, two weeks ago, people were just, like... Reports came out around the release of the book, yeah. Yep. Okay. And then now it's official that Confirmed. it's getting made. But the crazier thing is they're making two entities. They're really diving in hard on this. Is it going to be a, like a television show anime or a movie anime? Television show. I believe television show anime. I, I could be wrong. But it allows them to do more things with the blood and the violence, yeah. which kudos for that. So I'm not too... I think one handles one part of his life and another handles another part. I'm assuming the anime probably handles his history pre the comic book and movie. Like, okay. Like the before times. Did you guys see the uh, photo of him going around? He was at a comic book store and he bought a statue of himself from Cyberpunk. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't do the same thing. It's, why didn't he get it sent to him? <laughs> why did he have to go purchase it? He didn't it? read the contract. You used to see this it. stuff on the Tonight Show all the time where they would pull out the action figure of the actor and they'd be like, this is cool. I haven't seen this yet. You would think that you would just be like, it's of you. Yeah. You would think they would have just at least send you some promotional copies right. of yeah, that yeah. thing. Yeah. It's such bullshit. I've gone up to comic book creators at conventions, and when you hand them the book to sign, they're like, oh, do you mind if I flip through this? I actually haven't like yeah. gotten a copy yet. That happens all the time. Yeah. That I, is so nuts. On Twitter, I tweeted that I, I got this guy's variant cover. And he was like, oh, man, that's so awesome. I yeah. can't get it here because I live in Brazil. And like Marvel doesn't deliver to Brazil. So he doesn't even have a, a copy of his own work printed on Marvel books. Get this. I, I brought a cover to get signed by Jason Aaron or something. Mm -hmm. And while I was walking by like an artist alley, a guy had the art up from that cover of that book I had yeah. behind him as his backdrop. It was just a thing he'd made. And I was like, oh, hey, do you mind signing this? And he and he just had this, like, he almost went white. And he was just like, they used it as a cover? Oh, no. He didn't even know it got used. Oh, bummer. Oh, no. He was just like, you know, sometimes you just make some art and they throw you, like, a hundred bucks. And, like... Decide to use it like a year later as like a cover for something. And he had no idea. Hopefully he still had the original artwork. He could sell it. Right. Yeah. I can't remember what cover it is now, but man, I will never forget that moment. To have that gut punch hey, must suck. Hey, speaking of this, remember how you found uh, that the Spy Island artwork was stock art? Yes. <laughs> Spy Island. That was a book on Dark Horse. Uh, something yep. like that. It was like a four issue. It was pretty good. There like was a, a cover that I loved that was like a triangle rainbow prism thing. Yeah. That was supposed to be reminiscent, like a lot of the covers, of like old fantasy art. And it was also Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, right. Um, and then I was perusing Shutterstock looking for some background graphics for my job. And the cover popped up, and I was like, they just bought this picture and put a filter on it. They, like, made it a little more sepia. That is nuts. And just used it on the cover. That is so crazy that they Isn't did. it crazy? Yeah. It's so fucking mailing it in. <laughs> but all to, to um, 
the point. Who's the who's the writer of all those? Um, she's the same person. McCain that, or yeah. something. Cassandra Kane. 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 Th- that's what it is. Yeah. Um, Chelsea Kane. Chelsea Kane. Cassandra Kane. <laughs> He's a comic book character. Yeah, Chelsea uh, yeah, Kane, yeah. A lot of her comics have much more, like, commercial art, graphic design-y mm-hmm. sort of covers. And that's just how graphic design people work. Like, I don't have the time or money to illustrate a thing mm-hmm. every time. One of her more <laughs> I, fa- fa- I, famous I covers was just a tweet. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... I don't know. We're not used to seeing that. It's like comic book people. It's like everything's created and hand drawn, right. or, or made individually to be unique to something. So it was odd. Slap me upside the head. <laughs> but in any case, anime. I'm surprised by that for Berserker. It seems like why not just do one and make sure it works, and then be like, and we're also gonna have an anime. Right. Do, doing both. I guess they just know the anime is gonna take forever to make. Sure. Mm-hmm. So. The uh, Invincible looks like an anime yeah which I, i'm super hyped for that not to correct you but i think it looks to me just like animation oh really to me it looked just like an anime would did it when i saw it i was like oh this well maybe i don't know i didn't i didn't think anime so it's i think it's the american version of anime which almost made me think is that kosher um there's a hot debate about this is there it, because there's also a lot of it's like, kind of like appropriation well, it, it's yeah. it's interesting because like some there's a lot of Korean. So um, Avatar mm-hmm. was actually made in Korea, right? So it's like is people often will say that's not anime. Avatar. Yes. The the movie Avatar. The Last Airbender, the which last is Airbender. a cartoon show on. Oh, Nickelodeon. I was thinking James Cameron's Avatar. No, no, no. Oh, exactly. no, no, no. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, this makes so much more sense. <laughs> yeah. Now. Not the not the blue right people. Avatar mm-hmm. and then uh, Korra. So they weren't made in Japan. Yeah. So, but then it's like, it, you know, is you it can't an, call them anime? Is it anime or not? Yeah. Type of thing. And there's a, a handful of North American animes also made, and it's like the style of anime. But yeah. it's like, is it like champagne? Like, does it have to come? Ah. Does it have to come from Japan to be called anime? Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. It is tough. I mean, there's uh, part of me thinks that I've with like the music debate of like sampling and. Turning someone else's melody and tone into something else is like kind of has always hurt inside my head thinking about that conundrum because artists are inspired by art and the way art is delivered changes. Mm -hmm. And part of what new music is now is creating um, a twist on something that already has a nostalgic feel or um, resonates with like a, a part of your being Mm -hmm. and the new twist or statement on it is the art so but you also have to give like credit there i read i read an article on this about about the appropriation of sampling in dj culture and and how it actually like hurts specifically africa uh because it's like there's tons of afrobeat like sampled and all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like kanye is really famous for having done this yeah and then like those artists are maybe credited but not don't get the fame or any type of notoriety for any anything like oh, that. Oh, and Moby made tons of money off of like old spirituals. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like his whole album was like spirituals. Yeah. I mean, they definitely have to pay for the rights for them, yeah. so the artists are making money that way. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't like transcend like them also becoming famous as well. I mean, in Kanye's uh like the way that he does it sometimes, it's straight up just the fucking song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know if you remember, like, um, the panda 
like a like that guy's designer. Mm-hmm. He kind of made designer famous. He straight up just played Panda as like the song. Yeah. <laughs> in his like album. Yeah. And it was like, oh yeah, I like that designer song. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. It's a conundrum we're not going to solve on our two hundredth episode. We'll no. Just, I'll just keep making this joke. Maybe we'll have it figured out by 300. <laughs> that, that joke is like good wine. It's going to get better mm-hmm. with time, yeah, mm-hmm. I think. The more we say it, <laughs> it'll get dumb for a second, and then it'll get funny again. Yeah. Uh, can we get into the first the first book? Um, yeah, let's do it. I, this is the book that I was most excited about this week and probably most enjoyed, uh, Teen Titans Academy by Tim Sheridan and Rafa Sandoval. Yes. Um, so Why were you excited? Yes. Uh, why was I excited? Yeah. Uh, because, so, it's the Teen Titans and the Titans creating an academy, and they the Teen Titans are essentially the seniors in mm-hmm. this school, and the Titans are, like, just figuring out uh, how to be the school administrators, and they're welcoming in a whole new class of... Youngsters. Figuring out what... And they make jokes about, like, are we Titans? Are we Teen Titans? And they're like, no. We're just we're, freshmen we're, at a school, I <laughs> yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like uh, Marvel has Strange Academy. Yeah. Um. So it's like... It, to me, I, I like Strange Academy a lot. This was a better mm-hmm. version of Strange Academy. This was a better version of Strange Academy, you say. Uh, have you been staying up on Strange Academy? It's pretty I, good, but... I actually haven't, but I think well, bold statement what Strange out Aca- of the gate. What yeah. Strange Academy didn't necessarily do was riff on a ton of existing characters Yeah, in, and put them in a new universe. And I felt like it was really fun to see like Red X being brought back and then like how these fans, much like when we read Children of the Atom, these fans of the pre-existing characters also like interact with these other characters. Right. My My issue with it was that I thought it didn't have that extra layer of why these people are together. Like, it's very reminiscent it of definitely X-Men. just jumps in one hundred percent. Yeah, like full on. Yeah, no explainer, which makes it easy to get into. Sure, it's a it's a school full of superheroes. Yeah. It's it's been done. Strange Academy. They all deal in like the mystic arts, mm-hmm. and there's some sort of cohesivity and themes there marvel or sorry not just marvel in general x-men has like the whole race conversation they're mutants they're hated Mm -hmm. and they're in a school and that's one of the themes that goes through this this is just a school of superheroes you're right yeah i I wish it had something uh, just a little bit more something a little more theme wise yeah because you're right, it's kind of aimless. That's, well, a, a lot of DC things are like that, I think. Where they, I totally agree. Where it's just like, they're superheroes, they're beating the aliens, and then we're moving on to the next book. Yeah. It, I think that I liked how just uh, accepting it was. It just is like, here's a school. Just yeah. like, let's get into it or whatever. And like, here's Nightwing. And he's, it got to the point really quick. He's kind of mm-hmm. just like, Hell he's yeah. figuring out being the headmaster <laughs> in, in real time. Um, and I think, like, having been a fan of the Teen Titans, to now see them displaced as, like, they're the B characters to a new class yeah. was really cool. And then some of the Gotham characters I thought were introduced really well. So it was just, like, a nice pandering of, like, to the fans. Uh, so uh, I'll do the thing where you did the comp for Marvel's Strange Academy in this book. I could think of at least two characters I immediately resonated with when I read Marvel's Strange Academy. Just because of the way they were 
written and the way that they acted in the comic book, I, there was things that I found relatable, even though I'm a 35-year-old white man. I right. related to these characters who were just starting this new adventure in a new academy. These characters in Strange Academy were so flat, there was no emotion there behind these new characters. I don't know any of these powers. I don't know any of these backstories. Why do I need to care about these people? Yeah, I mean, I I think this is all fan pandering to Titans fans and Teen Titans. Like, Well, well, I'll say that it was interesting to me that you're like, really, we're really resonating with the Titans in this, which was fun, I think. Yeah. to, To be like, they're calling the Titans jokes like the students are, calling their jokes corny. Mm-hmm. They're like they kind of old, but like, like have a hot energy. And one of the other students is like, <laughs> ew, gross. And I think and I'm like that's like I'm in that same age group as Nightwing. And a, a lot of the ways the kids are talking about them is totally how. A kid would talk about me. Oh, totally. Like, oh, God, you're so corny. I hate things about millennials. And I think you're all the same. And I think that that, to your point, Greg, like, you're right. There's no character. It's it's either either you think Nightwing is relatable or there's no character for you that's more than flat. 100% agree. That's a great critique. But the line where he makes a Harry Potter reference. Yes. And and he's like, you guys don't get that probably because, like, you're not the right age. And then they're They're like, like, we get it. It's just. Problematic. Problematic for us. And tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it was just, overdone. And I was like, oh, so <laughs> fucking good, man. Yeah. I fu- every millennial loves being like, you know, what house are you or whatever. Right. And stuff. And it's like such a good, just so good writing to yeah. riff on that, like a generation thing. So that type of it was great. Although I will say the end of like Starfire and Nightwing being like, they're like, we're going to have sex on my birthday. Yeah. I was like, why did this enter the comic? Yeah. <laughs> so odd. That left a really bad taste in my mouth. And I and I love risque things. Well, and the way they were flirting is it was the panel. They said, yeah, four times at one another. And it's just like, okay, I get it. You're going to go bone. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. And that. I was like, are you just trying to tell me this isn't a teen book? Like, it's like, you thought it was a teen book, but there's also boning. So it's really not. It's it's both. It's It's kind of odd because we're used to getting things that it's like, you're, this is for teens and you're identifying with the teens. And it's never the other way around. <laughs> it's like never that you're supposed to like have sympathy for the staff right. teaching the kids. But then they also spend so much time developing who the students are. Oh, this are. is way more about the Titans, which kind of threw me for a loop than it was the, t- the Teen Titans, yeah. even though it's called Teen Titan Academy. Uh, I thought it was going to be about all students. Hardly get any. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Which is kind of bullshit. Which, what about it? It, It's called Teen Titans Academy. Mm -hmm. It should be about the new students coming up. That's what Strange Academy primarily does. Yeah. Which, because I've I've read Teen Titans. I know all about those characters. I've read Titans. I know all about those characters. If you're promising these new characters with different ideas and different powers, like, fucking deliver on it. Can I say, I was thinking about this, you specifically, Greg. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I was thinking that you are way more of a Destroy Christ DC uh, (laughs) uh, fan than you light on. Like, you're, like, way deep in, like, I think you might even like DC more than you like Marvel. You just are not willing to admit it. I think it's one of those things where I learn a lot about it 
so I can hate it more. It's like a, it's like when you hate watch a movie. I mean, th- but think about this. Yeah. You just read two titles that a lot of people don't necessarily read. Sure. You read all of Metal. Yes. You read all of Future Sight. State, yeah. Estate, sorry. You bought all the fucking weird-ass villain covers, like, and almost went broke and had to get divorced. <laughs> when was this? You were buying every single year the villain cover. I stopped midway through because I realized it was... <laughs> you were going was, bananas uh, on that shit. Did we ever talk about people who bought all the Convergence covers oh. and how they must feel like <laughs> fucking idiots? That's what your argument was when I wanted to buy all the Future State books. Did I tell you that specifically? It's like, these are all a dollar now. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I think you're a DC head. I like it when DC does new, different things. I don't really read a lot of DC when they're just like in the muck and just kind of stuck in the same old, same old. But when they try these new things like Future State and Infinite Frontier. Another point to my argument, you own the first appearance of Harley Quinn. Sorry. I just, I, <laughs> I, I listed this in my head of my argument. Here's, here's my thing, though. Do you think a lot of DC, so in my experience, DC fans are typically people who have been with comics longer yes those yes, are like yes legacy yes. like i've been following this since i was a kid yep. yeah sort of people yep and that might you know what before the 90s i think if like you got into comic books in the 90s you're probably more than likely marvel okay that's what he's saying though he's saying but like, if, you, if you if you got if you're before like if you're 80s or especially 70s or 60s sure well and i think now that i think marvel has resonated more with younger people lately, with yes. like Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel and books like that. Yeah. So they're, they're more likely to have like new Miles. fans without a legacy knowledge who are more willing to jump into a book like Miles Morales and be like, Peter Parker's not even. And the, M- the MCU as a whole right. is way more accepting about that. Sure. Now, p- part of me thinks that lends itself to why this book was written, why it was, is that you're gonna transition fans by like holding their hand into introducing them to these new characters while still having the characters that they know and love right sure it's, it's it also was a little bit confusing to me because it was not written on the teen label that bendis does wonder comics yes which felt like which it, i don't think is even around it, did they anymore? stop that a little bit okay yeah i think they stopped that when, makes... with the new infinite frontier stuff okay see ya sorry bendis um He's so, fine. He's writing another <laughs> Superman book. He's all right. Yeah. This is, I always do this with teen books as I'm like, it just trying to figure out like, where is this a teen book? And this like went back and forth. It did do the trope of being like, we have a uh, non-binary, like a uh, genderqueer person. And we're going to spell that out for you. Like we're going to say their superhero name, mm-hmm. um, which is, that's very much like a YA trope is to like, I think it's progressive. It's good. It's something I like about it. But it also was like, oh yeah, feels like YA. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the sort of characters that they set up as the kids, even though a lot of them were like tropey. There was the kids who were like from the, um, uh, what do you call orphanage? it? Orphanage, right? Yeah. Who were like, fuck this. I'd go back to the orphanage if it wasn't for this or that. And it's like, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't go back to an orphanage, but you're just like, I don't know, that kid who's like had it rough yeah. and is like negative about a lot but of I li- things. I like that they're from Gotham and they're getting like Bruce Wayne money through Nightwing. Right, exactly. That to me is like, it just is like that that extra bit of fandom that they were doing. Yeah, right. They were kind of geeking out a little bit. But it, those sort of things are always fun to just see the journey of those characters. 
even if they turn into like villains. I mean, that mm-hmm. may be that may be an interesting edge to say like, you know, Nightwing feels like he's turned a new leaf in this and left Red X and all those things behind him, and that's a big part of this issue is talking about how we learn from our mistakes and he's trying to mold these students to not make the same mistakes he did, Mm -hmm. but he may guide some of those students in the wrong direction and be the reason they turn out to be more red X types. You know what I mean? There's, there's some interesting things that could happen with this series. Yeah. The weird thing that I was not bought into is that wearing a mask gives you the potential nature to have bipolar and uh, be a villain when you want to. Yeah. Like you could just a different lo- identity. Yeah. You, because you can't see yourself truly in the mirror, you could lose all identity and be a whole different person. And anybody that wears a mask has that potential, and that's the red X. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't know. Well, and also, Nightwing's still wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wally says that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... You guys sold on Red X, or do you give? Could you give two shits on the Red X storyline? I could give two shits, but like in the nicest way possible. The nicest not giving of two shits that you can give, right? That you cannot give. I, I I have confidence in Infinite Frontier and all the fun stories they're going to tell, but so far this is the least favorite of. I mean, I dipped out of the Future State Teen Titans book, which basically set up all of Red which X. Which set up all of Red X because the first one just didn't resonate with me at all. Mm-hmm. Now, you... now the second issue is kind of like the one to have because I think it does a little more with Red X, but um, I kind of missed the hype train Teen on Teen Titans it. Go 23 is the one to have, which is so weird. Oh, okay. Yeah. Teen Titans Go. That's like the one for kids' kids, right? Correct, yeah. Not weird. even on Marvel, I think. I think uh, at some point... Or sorry, not... Cartoon not Network. D- yeah, yeah, in DC or whatever. But the comic... Is like I don't know if it's printed on DC or not. And it has some like initial Red X stuff that's like important. It has the first appearance of Red X. Wow, really? Yeah. So which is like a weird, hotly debated thing. Does this confuse you? So where we live, there is a retail store of sorts. <laughs> yeah, called, called Red X. Called Red X. I always I'm like And they sell booze. <laughs> mm-hmm. They sell a bunch of dumb it's like shit. A like liquor a, warehouse plus like novelty slash grocery i think you can buy like bb guns there and stuff yeah yeah because that's what you want you want a <laughs> liquor warehouse and also bb gun emporium it's like if spencer's gifts got like fat and grew up and <laughs> yeah <laughs> did something like kind of more sustainable and grown up right yeah. they started a vape business <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's like if they had like a uh you know a semi-villain named like trader joe's or marshall's Oh my god! <laughs> Real talk. Trader Joe's is a great villain name. Trader Joe. Trader Joe. Is it yeah. spelled traitor? Oh yeah. Tra- T? Yeah, Traitor Joe. Yep. Yeah. Is Marshall a good villain name? TJ. Marshall. Mac? He'd probably be like a a, a sidekick to like yeah. a, a better known law enforcement superhero. <laughs> we'll we'll write the retail wars right comic and oh, make hell all, yeah. all of these characters. TJ Max. <laughs> TJ Max to the max. Let's continue our DC journey and get into Harley Quinn. This was a book I was really looking forward to by Stephanie Phillips. And she wrote the future state Harley Quinn books mm-hmm. that I loved. Yes. And they had the art by like Simone DiMio. Oh, yeah. Uh, who does We Only Find Them When They're Dead. And I mean, that 
It looked jaw-dropping. Stunning. I, I loved the narrative of it. Um, this had art by Riley Rosmo, which was like much more loose, wild, almost had a young adult YA or kid sort of feel it was to it. A reminiscent of like a Batman the Animated Series in some ways. Kind of, yeah. I, yeah, I kind of got like a, a, a watered down Ren and Stimpy kind of vibe. <laughs> Like it was just zany enough. Like you could tell that they were like human forms, but yeah. like it was, it was, it was eye popping. Did you guys feel the art matched the tone of the book? Okay, that was my main point about this. Was book, it? Is is that it was jarring? It was disorienting. I think so too. Because obviously, it, I asked the question. <laughs> it's kind of a leading question. <laughs> well, because it was not. This book was very little, if no, jokey Harley Quinn at all. Yeah. Which and, is a Harley Quinn I'm gravitating towards much more. Yes. Right. And in the notes about the book, the artist says, like, I didn't want to make it Joker reminiscent because of the problematic nature of that. Yeah. So it's self-aware, mm-hmm. but it still is, like, kiddish in the artwork, which I don't ever criticize as a bad way of doing art. It just didn't – it was not a kiddish book at all. Right. Yeah. I think it's funny because, like, the artwork had, like, whimsy to it. And Harley Quinn as a character is kind of a whimsical character. Mm-hmm. So there's so there's some matching there. But the the tone and the subject matter of this is it was really serious. It was it was Harley Quinn coming to terms of not being the villain anymore and wanting to actually. She's making amends. This yeah, is kind of like her. Be helpful. Yeah, this is like her making amends tour. Yeah, and it's not even, she's not even struggling with it. She's, like, straight up just trying to be a good guy. <laughs> like, everything, she's putting all energy she can into uh, it. And that's another thing I love about it is that it really ties into what's currently going on in the mainline Batman run, mm. which kind of in the past, Harley Quinn books have just been, like, she's got a beaver and there's going to be a lot of vagina jokes and she's slapping ghosts around and it has nothing to do with anything right like this is one of your most popular characters i think they demand a little more depth than that at this point Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it makes sense that they would be included more in the continuity of like mainline stories so i was very happy to see that direction with the book i also like her finding her place in a world where punchline is taking over yeah so she's oh yeah Trying to navigate that. I related with when she was like, she had this like inner dialogue of like all the fucked up stuff that's happened with her life and making amends. And then she finds herself alone on the street and she just like says punchline out loud, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like in the middle of a chain of thoughts. And I'm like, man, I do that all the time too, where I'll be just thinking and reeling on a subject. And then I'll just mutter like fucking shit. And my wife will be like, what? Yes. Totally. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I was just thinking about, like, the five years I've been tormenting myself over this, like, small decision <laughs> I made, like, forever ago. I could have bought Ethereum yeah. six years ago. <laughs> do, you like, cl- do you need therapy? It's like, no, I just, like, I'm going to exclaim out loud about it when I'm staring in the mirror late at night. Do you clench your butthole like you're going down a roller coaster drop when you when you think about those moments? I haven't noticed my butt muscles in relation to this. Whenever I regret something or like a regretful memory, I start clenching my butthole. Mm. So I grind my teeth. Okay. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. I think. Yeah. My mouth is to your butt. Yes. It, and they <laughs> Wow. They could be We together. finally find that out in episode two hundred. <laughs> 
So one of the main storylines of this uh, Harley Quinn thing is that she's going to redeem the clowns who have lost their way outside of like the Jokerness. Oh yeah, I loved the narrative that the whole city of Gotham sees them all as villains. All these people who have been like basically maimed and have like clown sh- fucking tattoos on their faces, mm-hmm. and she identifies with that. Yep, she's seen out in the street as a villain and a clown and will always be tied to Joker and she wants to be her own independent person. Like, how can she rehabilitate and redeem those people? That's such an awesome angle to take with this. And she's embracing her, like, psychiatrist background, which is this, like, major empowering thing about the character that gets lost a lot in her modern stories. Again, a taxidermy beaver and like those lowbrow jokes. Like, I I love that they're yeah they're she's she still seems like the same fun quirky character, but is being handled in a much more mature modern way. Literally, this book is about redeeming lost juggalos. It's for like ICP recovering. Yeah, it's like you could only like ICP for so long. Mm-hmm. Once you, mm-hmm. e- even if you got into it late, once you turn fifty, it's just, yeah. Where do you go now? But now you have the Hatchet Man. You've painted your face so many times; it's just seeped into your pores. <laughs> you drank, now stained. You drank too much Fago. You have the Hatchet Man tattoo. Fago, I forgot about that. Uh, what do you do? Well, Harley Quinn's gonna redeem you. She's yep. gonna find you a nice desk temp temp work. Mm-hmm. The Queen of the Juggalos. Mm-hmm. We'll save you. This is a fun book. I agree. I'm going to keep reading it. I love Stephanie Phillips. And I think I will learn to grow accustomed to the art. Again, not knocking it. It was just uh, something that really stood out to me is like an, an interesting choice. Right. Um. So in some other news, comic book news, uh, I, it, is that okay if we go there? Yeah, 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 maybe we're okay. just on the stream. I have no idea what you're going to say. Well, two hundred episodes surprises for us. <laughs> you know that says a lot about us. Even after two hundred episodes, we can still be surprised mm-hmm. by one another. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I texted you guys that um, the a Rick Remender book that we liked in 2015, 2016, 2015. God, isn't that crazy? Yeah. It probably has been like five or six years. Um, called Tokyo Ghost is uh, got optioned and has now a director behind it, and it's the director from season one of True Detective. He's done a lot of other things. Um, interesting. Yeah. And so Tokyo Ghost is a cyberpunk comic book. Isn't it funny to see the kind of full circle of, like, cyberpunk being this weird niche corner of fantasy and then, like, a style and a sort of person that was, like, on the perimeter... And now it's like mainstream. One of the best selling video games is named just that. And movies are getting made and all kinds of shit. It's wild. Oh, totally. Yeah. In the 90s, it was just like a a weird version of like understanding Mm sci-fi. And now it's like an accepted genre that like it's a household genre. I I kind of feel like I saw some of its origins in Final Fantasy. I could see that. That might not be real or true, but for me, yeah, I sure. think some of the Final Fantasy cosplay and I think using some of the, like using a sword when there's actual technology that exists <laughs> yeah. is, is a very cyberpunk right. thing that exists. People wearing like goggles and shit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, it's one of I think 
one of the craziest things about this book, if I, if I remember this correctly, it's like a war machine beast dude who is so lulled by media and and uh, addicted to it. That yeah, it's con- like his heroin. He constantly has to be watching it. Plugged in, yeah. Plugged into it, but is also like he has lucid moments to be like a killer. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like, so he's like semi a main character. Mm-hmm. And it's it was just so intriguing. The artwork's so good. I'm really excited for this to be something. Right. There's a woman that's in love with him who is like the real star of the show. Yeah. And it's interesting to see that they've got this relationship that's devolved into her, like, kind of taking care of his absent body. Right. And, uh, like you said, enjoying those spurts of, or just trying to get those spurts of... um, Lucidity. Waking hours and, yeah, out of him. Yeah. So... Great concept. It's so crazy, like, half a decade later, like, that concept just slaps oh totally it makes you it makes you wonder why the book didn't go way longer it is weird menders written some kick-ass books that like kind of i don't know if they died on the vine or he just got bored with them but like i mean he's a certified hit maker yeah right did did low keep going remember that book yeah yeah. i think people loved low for the artwork right um yeah so anyway it's good that that i think that's the key thing here is that when something gets a director, then you're like, oh, it's going to be made. Yeah. So I had I had this thought then, too. Is something is killing the children, is it optioned already? I haven't heard one way or the other. We'll find out. This is another Mandela effect where it's like... So many things are optioned. It would be insane if that one wasn't. I just assume that it is. I would be- feel like we would hear about it and the price of the number one would go through the fucking It roof. already went through but the it's fucking through, I mean, it's, it's literally... It's the- worth more than almost any comic that modern in the ne- in the last yeah. as far as like independence One, go yes. there's nothing worth more that is like current less than two years old exactly that's what i'm saying is like it's the most valuable independent number one currently of that of that uh year or whatever like two years ago within the last two years um but i'm like is it not is it not even optioned yet like how how no. how are these weird ass things being optioned like uh canto and all of his other stuff, but the most sought-after independent book doesn't have an option deal yet? Well, I'm sure there's some behind-the-scenes, like, dealing right now. You know what my, I mean? There's my probably guess, a bidding war. My guess is that they're holding out for something really big. Yeah. Uh, I would, too. James Tinian probably is just like... He's Tinian. Very... <laughs> it's a, yeah, Tinian. Tinian, no. So, no, it's... Okay, I assume that it was... Uh, it had some type of... Uh, visual media attached to it and it does not it doesn't which is mind-blowing yep you've got the power to hold out um and they should when when you write this big of a hit had this been on scout it would have been sold already to <laughs> some, to Lionsgate. yeah some some guy in his pickup truck with the, the, <laughs> i got a bitch camera i'm making movie so true <laughs> Something I'll, is killing the children. I'll give you a five percent stake in the movie. Twenty <laughs> uh, percent on the back end, and I'll merchandise. I, I swear that I know Mel Gibson's brother. <laughs> and there's your improv for episode two hundred. Something is killing the children. Being bought by a hillbilly. <laughs> you wanted it, we delivered. Yep. 
Um, let's get to our last book, Aliens on Marvel. A- anyone ever heard of Aliens? <laughs> okay, can, can we... Is the book called Alien or Aliens? Oh, I think it's called... It actually matters. Uh, oh. I know. This is a big difference. Tonality-wise, <laughs> what are we going to end up with? Um, yeah, because if you don't know, the Alien franchise, this is how they uh, named... I think it's Alien. This is how they named their one and yep. two movies. Yeah. So if it is Alien, it is, it is the first iteration. It is Alien. Um, okay, this is what's crazy to me about this is that Marvel has gotten so much money. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that they're like, oh no, no, I'm, this isn't a criticism. I, this is like, I was say, ex- this seems like a wind up for something. It is a wind up, but I'm just like, how do we arrive here where they're like, they bought Alien, they bought Predator, yep, and they're like, they aren't going to necessarily make more money on these entities than their pre existing universe. Like, they don't need it, would make more sense for like an IDW, boom, something like that. They're like, oh, we want the, the, the Alien franchise because we make that kind of shit. Marvel's just like, yeah, sure, we'll buy it. We'll throw it into our books and we'll carry a main line of it. But it's not going to like make them a shit ton of money necessarily. Um, but in my, my thing is like kudos to Marvel for actually doing like just a cool book. I think it's also interesting because Alien doesn't necessarily have an iconic. They have xenomorphs, mm-hmm. which are like very iconic mm-hmm. visually, but they don't have an iconic main character lead to make a story beyond like Sigourney Weaver. Uh, or are we talking about the actual aliens themselves? I mean, like this book had like the mother alien <laughs> that wasn't like the big gross monster. Right. Yeah. It was Who is like not a character in aliens one through three. Not that <laughs> I remember. Four, actually, yeah. Yeah. I was kind of like, <laughs> when I hit that page, <laughs> I was like, there's a babe alien. There's not. Like she was like smoking. And like these were like all like the alien xenomorphs were all her like children and she had dominion over them. Didn't something happen to Sigourney Weaver though in one of the movies? Wasn't she infected by one of the aliens? I, I've only seen one of the movies, so I don't, I'm not really sure on the um, so she, mythos of this franchise. Uh, I, so so interesting, interesting thing about Sigourney Weaver is that she was not even gonna be cast in that movie randomly, like it happened, and uh-huh. then and then she became like the star of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then like three is like really honestly where she she shines the most and nobody cares about the third one really. Mm-hmm. That's the one with Winona Ryder, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Like they like they're they f- both in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess she has a lot to do in like two, but it's like I don't think that it, it, she's not necessarily a character that you write a whole franchise around. Like she doesn't like the character that she plays. She's not like Tony Stark, right? Mm-hmm. Or like like if you, if you were to buy. A franchise, like I'm trying to think of like another franchise that you buy that's not Marvel. You would you would have like a very iconic like this this is the hero that we're gonna follow this hero, I guess. And they they could have, but they didn't. She's not even in this at all in in, in any way. I don't think right. she will be. Uh, it's too far it's, in the future. Yeah, it's like yeah. two hundred years. It's so like she, a year, a hundred or two hundred years in the future. Yeah, from Ripley. Yeah, and and so they have like references of things like i i actually i like a- the aliens franchise i don't know enough about it to know if these characters exist in the franchise i don't think it matters true necessarily and then there's also like the Wayland reference which is always like a like a prometheus you, mm-hmm. you know that prometheus is an alien movie because of the Wayland references and all that kind of stuff so can, can i say one thing about this book 
No. Not a not no, a, hang on. No. Oh, okay, sorry. I forget. <laughs> so no. The, the, my time is up for talking for not episode two hundred. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> not enough aliens in this first issue for me. D- you are damn straight. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> what I love about Alien is how like slow burn that movie is, you, and you, this is like the. Stuff they set up in it was just brilliant. I thought. Have you watched the first one for like recently? Uh, not recently, no. It, Mike is totally right. Half of the movie is just like the bureaucratic nature <laughs> of being like sent out of town on a job, which uh-huh. is so much of what this first issue is. that oh, you yeah. don't want to be on and figuring out all the bullshit of that. It totally nailed it. This issue totally nailed it. Yeah. I, I I loved this comic book, but it does not deliver on like crazy xenomorph action movie. Maybe I'm just upset because Marvel actually showed restraint for (laughs) their debut issue of the big movie franchise uh, license that I expected every page to have a xenomorph just killing people. Yeah. What's crazy too is like Dark Horse has dipped into Alien like like milked it for everything that they can. Mm -hmm. They like they had they had a um, like the preview scripts for the new Alien movie came out on it. They redid all of Alien in like from the script form into comic book form. And so for Marvel to be like, yeah, we'll actually buy that and we're going to do something different. Don't worry. Like, nice try. You're cute, Dark Horse. But we're <laughs> we're Marvel. So we're going to do it the Marvel way. And they did well. They, this is felt as good as Star Wars when it released. Man, there. can I just uh, wax poetic a little bit about some of like the narrative structure of this book. Like it opens with our lead talking to his therapist, who's a Waylon AI robot, um, something that shows up in all of the alien movies. So immediately you've got that great tie there. And he's talking about the haunting inky blackness of um, what his like dread is. It's in space. It's when he closes his eyes and sleeps at night. It's the skin and goop of these xenomorphs. And then at the very end of this book, after he's had this like whole conversation about that, they replay some of his internal dialogue, like verbatim, word for word. But it's once a face hugger is introduced and you realize how literally his narrative follows the experience of getting like face hugged by a face hugger. Like the push on your eyes and the pressure wrapping around you. And like it's a deeper blackness and like the invasion of it coming within you. Like all these crazy parallels to like the face huggers and there's haunting things that you know the writers and creators and directors have said about the series and the experience of being violated by the aliens and face huggers like mimicking the trauma of rape and that sort of inv- invasion and they really took some of the i guess imagery and the dialogue to this level that I thought met that kind of haunting experience for me, which made this book like, I, when I put it down, I was like, wow. Yeah, it. I mean, it, it did a bunch of things and it did 
it also went like full on um, surprising action, like violent. Oh um, man, we haven't even gotten into the, the main ma- character and his relationships. Yeah, the main the main storyline is actually not the person that Mike's been talking about. It's his son, right. more or less, that believes that Waylon is up to something. They don't know what. They actually suspect that it's like cyber hacking and stuff, and then come to find out it's like bio stuff with yep. with alien um and they uh are it, it just reminded me of a really good action movie where you're like kind of questioning like do i even care about this person because all of a sudden they're like noble heist and they even say like the don't worry the good guys always win they're killing random people to yeah. get their yep. to to advance their ideals you're really asking yourself who's the good guy and who's the bad guy here i mean we as the reader know how disgusting waylon is like they've done atrocious things to the people who've worked for them and um unknowingly like knowingly violated their um people and manipulate them with these AI that they have on board um so you think they're the bad guy and then these i don't know i guess like modern day um Robin Hood slash terrorists slash QAnon. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's Conspiracy like a, it's theorists. like what PETA does. You think they have a, yeah. this noble vision, and but they will kill anyone in their way to free those animals out of those cages. Yeah. So th- this book, I had zero expectations, not even low. I just was like, fine. I guess Marvel's doing this, and a really cool uh, cover. Yeah. By Hung Yuk. How do you say his Lee and Yuk. Yeah. Um, an amazing cover. And then it's like, well, then they just killed it. It was crazy. I think I have more alien nostalgia and fandom than I thought I did. And being returned to something that honored the vibe so well, like, just got me way more pumped on this than I thought I was going to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, I have a weird relationship where alien is that I was allowed to watch it way earlier oh, than I should yeah, have. It's like, scary. Um, and I, I loved it, but I was, like, way in on, like, the collectibles, the toys, mm-hmm. like, just, like, the cool monsterness of it, like, the aesthetic of it. And that, like, and I didn't I didn't actually revisit it a ton in my adulthood. Yeah. So I just, like, I know a lot about it aesthetically, but I the storylines and all the artistic, like, I mean, the beautiful cinematography of yeah. it is not something that I've, like, taken time to, like, go back and, 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 and explore that fandom as much as I should have. Well, it's wild when you go back and watch Alien now how little the aliens are in the thing. Totally. And when you think about it, it makes sense that a movie made at that time period wouldn't have the technology necessarily to have these weird, lanky creatures running around like crazy. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. you had to be really artful with how you handled that and how you shot them. It's kind of like in Star Wars and the whole, like, Wampa scene that oh, yeah. got cut and then they replaced it with, like, the abominable snowman. Oh, and yeah. everyone was like, it was so much better and scarier and haunting when you didn't see the monster. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, a- ruined it when they put it in. And it- that's kind of how I feel about, like, Aliens. Like, it was just too, it completely lacked subtlety. And it, and it was like a action movie. It was at a base level, a corny action movie. You're right. Alien is a horror movie. Aliens is an action movie. Right. I, f- I famously in my family uh, cried 
when they killed the queen and pushed pushed the queen out. <laughs> As a child, you I was... You had sympathy for the queen? I was rooting for the uh, xenomorph, the oh, queen. Oh, you're a special kind of freak. You <laughs> stood up and saluted the TV. <laughs> My queen. She gets sucked out of that tiny hole in the mm-hmm. spaceship. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that was gruesome. It wasn't because it was gross. It was because my my character died. Yeah. <laughs> my lady. You, you kind of see like how it's just like animal, nature, mother-child relationship. Like I could see how a kid would be like shook that like, but she cares about them. <laughs> well, I think that this also this is also another famous in my fam- in my family story. Um, I made my mom tell me that Santa was a bad guy because I was like, I really liked Santa, but I was like, well, Santa, if I like him, he has to be a bad guy, right? And so my mom was like, yeah, fine. Santa's a bad guy. <laughs> good, good. As I was budget only, king gets tucked in. Yes, only, He's a criminal. Fantastic. Only into bad guys. Only into the dark side. <laughs> even, even at a young a, age, you were corrupted. And then when you, were you scared of him later? You were like, ooh. And he's coming. <laughs> I hated like heroes. I think I don't know why. It's so anti and weird. Um, but yeah, this. I mean, here's the thing though. Too, I think is that. So they did all these cool covers with Alien, and they like now they have this like cool issue, and they they killed it right. Yeah. They're now they've announced and shown a lot of the Predator covers that are coming, um, and they're gonna likely do the same thing. I don't know how they do Predator as well. I, I don't think it's as dynamic of a story. I think Predator is easier. Because there isn't a hero there is a hero that you obviously follow or I think it's more Predator's more of an action movie anyway. So it's easier to kind of more of a traditional comic book. Right. Alien is a slow burn kind of in the shadows. What am I what am I afraid of? What is fear? Like this is the Xenomorph is like terror in, incarnate, like it's harder to put but that the, into comic book the form. The Predator movies, although I like them, are not very good. Like honestly, one of the best Predator movies is Predators. I don't know if you've ever seen. Yeah, but they're they're cheesy action flicks with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like, what do you think you're gonna get, really? Yeah, it just seems like why does Marvel need to do? They got a whole bunch of other shit to mess with. Like, I think they're ramping up for Alien versus Predator. They obviously <laughs> obviously will be doing that. Yeah. Well, and, are we gonna get other? I mean, I, I they're on Marvel. the table, right? For fighting the X Men, sword well, versus they, Xenomorph. Oh they, my god! It's please. happened uh, in covers. <laughs> I mean, that's part of why I was thinking about why they made such a big deal with all the variants was to say this is fair game. But like but, Thor could go to a planet overrun by Xenomorph. But Star Wars has not crossed over yet at all. You're completely right. In into that. They've kept them completely separate. Yeah. Now Star Wars is a lot bigger of a franchise. Oh, and it was a it was such a long long time ago in a galaxy that was so <laughs> far far away. That's true. Yeah. They may yeah, not yeah. have gotten there yet. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> and so in the future, yeah, where who in the Marvel universe exists in 20 in 2200? Um old man Cable. Thor. I don't know if Cable is going to make it. Did, I don't think Cable makes it. To 2200. Silver Surfer. Who can time travel? Bishop? Bishop, maybe. Uh, yeah. So, it, even the old the old Maniverse doesn't get to this timeline. Mm-mm. So, who knows? I don't know. 
Do you really think that they'll cross over the alien universe into? No. I don't think they will at all. I, mean, I don't. What's think... the likelihood? I think this is a Disney move. I think this is Disney money. This is just having bags of money move. I think it's more fun to have the X-Men fight Xenomorphs than it is the Brood. Why not just replace them? <laughs> Uh, because they're two fandoms. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you, yeah. by the way. Like, I, but I, I think that if I'm a Marvel exec, I would just be like, do I want to fuck with... Does it make sense? Yeah. Do I want to fuck with two different fandoms and then get them both pissed at me? It's a property we may ultimately sell and then not be able to fuck with anymore. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. They don't have to make it in canon. I mean, it's the same thing where it's like, why have none of the Disney characters made it into the Marvel universe at this point? I know that Mickey made it on a cover. <laughs> like a ver- <laughs> um, Yeah, but they're not writing Mickey comic books. You're right. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So. 200. Ah, finally. We er- did it. Congratulations, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Yes. An award for us. It is crazy. We're here sitting at, oh, is that a bicentennial? What is that? Centennial. There's no, well, I guess so. By meaning when I two? think centennial, I think years. Mm-hmm. Is that just things? Can episodes make a centennial? That's a good point. This is our bicentennial episode. Whether or not it's uh, it's real or not. <laughs> Been doing this for two hundred years. Feels like it. Yeah, depends on how you measure time, I guess. Yeah. In, what is if time? It's, if it's in Wednesdays, then yeah. <laughs> if Wednesdays are two years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, if you've been with us for, you know, a lot of that to just some of it, we appreciate you. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. It's a lot to us. Yeah, it really, it really does. Definitely want to celebrate you for doing that. And now we're going to record a Patreon. Bye. Bye.